It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, October 27th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that wants to know, why do we have to play Florida again so soon? Good question. All right, we're going to talk about all sorts of Flyers news and preview tonight's matchup coming up on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockdownFlyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on our episodes and Flyers news. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. Always accepting mailbag questions. Love hearing from you as well. We are going to talk about the Florida Panthers again, but we are also going to talk about some injury updates. We talked about that yesterday from more of a negative standpoint. Today, we've got some positive news. So glad to be heading in the right direction. Plus, we had a trade at the AHL level. So Russ is going to talk to us about who we got yesterday. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Uh, It's a 60s, 70s throwback night tonight, Russ. You excited? I'm excited. Sure. I like throwback. You know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, some of the 60s and 70s flyers uh, around the arena. Some of them are there all the time uh, and you get to see them, but some of them aren't as much and to get to celebrate them and especially, you know, the guys that have banners and and those of us of them who are no longer with us and honoring them. Yeah, they're not getting any younger. Yeah. So uh, I I think, you know, we kind of were a little confused by this promotion when they announced it yes. in the beginning. But now that it's here, I'm actually pretty excited about it. So, yeah, me too. I, I always think those things are fun. Yes. So also uh, on the positive side, it looks like Owen Tippett and Rasmus Ristolainen will play in the game tonight. And we were talking about Owen Tippett yesterday and concussion history. He was wearing a tinted visor, but he did not have that visor uh in practice yesterday so that's a good sign as well yeah i was at practice and and he looked pretty good um didn't seem to have any limitations was skating well and and taking part in like the scrimmage so yeah i figured he was ready to go that's good you know with ristolainen i knew they were rotating in and out seven defensemen so at that point i knew i was right from the other day and the torts would rather go with seven defensemen than call up somebody from lehigh to me that was easy money for me yeah, I think uh, it's really interesting because I, I did promise you a beverage of your you choice did. <laughs> if you were correct. And you were correct about this, uh, that, you know, he'd want to keep Nick Steeler in the lineup and that uh, so in some way, shape or form and that he could go with a 7D just to do that. So I feel like I do have to pay up. At some point. Now, I'm yeah. going to put a, sm- a small asterisk next to it, even though I'm still going to pay up because I think on principle you are correct. <laughs> but um, 
uh, part of the reason for the 11 forward 7D is that Tanner Lazinski has a family situation and won't be available for the game. Um, I hope everything's okay. Yeah, me too. With him um, and, you know, things are are going to be okay soon so he can come back. So it looks like there'll be some rotating center duty going on and maybe some extra guys will take the center position at some point. But uh, we will have that 11 forward 7D lineup going. And I want to talk about that a little bit because we have our typical Farabee Hayes Konechny top line. Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, the next two lines are kind of interchangeable at this point in terms of whether it's a second line or third line. But uh, Tippett will come back in on the wing and Cates will be on the wing as well. That's something we talked about on yesterday's show and Torts talked a little bit more about it and that he was glad to have the opportunity to get Noah Cates back out on the wing. Yeah. And and that's fine. I think that's a, a good move and should free him up offensively. And, you know, we'll see what Tippett looks like in his first game back. I don't love the third line. I, I think I, I don't understand. Here's what I would say. Well, let's it's say who Mor- they are first. So it's yeah, Morgan say who Frost. Yeah, it's Morgan Frost centering uh, Sedlak and Wade Allison. If you want to talk about things having to be earned, Lucas Sedlak hasn't earned this. If you want to be fair and use the Torts grading system, he hasn't earned this. Well, I think if you talk to Torts, he would say that he has. And yeah, of course, Torts would say it, but but none of us believe that. Thing is, is that. Torts believes it. So this is why it's happening. I know, I but know again, it doesn't matter that we don't believe it or, or he's may talking or may about wanting it. to develop guys from within and use his guys and do all that. And then you pick up a guy that you've had before, but clearly no other team wanted him. Colorado tried him, didn't use him, but you're going to put him in your third line. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a valid point. I think that there were opportunities for other guys to get called back up, uh, especially given how close, everybody is. Uh, I think that is a a missed opportunity in some Mm -hmm. respect. And, you know, especially with Tanner Lezinski out, like you said, uh, there, there was a chance to do that. And for me personally, uh, you know, the jury's out on Lucas Sedlak because I, I don't know enough about him yet. I haven't seen enough to know whether or not this is a good decision or not, but I think that we should know after the next couple of games, whether or not I agree with this move. And, you know, for, for now it is what it is, but I really think that having Frost and Allison on the same line said lack aside, I'm very excited to, to see more of that. Yeah. That part I get that part. I understand, but I, I mean, I just don't understand this part. Again, it's not like Lucas Sedlak had a monster NHL career. He had like 15 goals and maybe, what is this, 27 points in 160 games. Like, really, this is the production you're looking for? All of a sudden, it's going to drastically change? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with you in theory. I'm just (laughs) not going to sign my name to it until you don't I have to i'll do it myself it's a fine. little bit more all right all right so you know you're you're on a roll in terms of being right so i will uh <laughs> yeah, i accept your terms it won't last long i know that much <laughs> all right 
I think there's conversation happening in terms of the coaching and, and what's going on in practice, which is, again, something we've talked about. And Tortorella has been pretty active in the drills and making sure they're done you know, the way he wants them done. Uh, I understand he interrupted practice to. He did. He was yelling and cursing, waving his arms. So uh, I think that's good to see that, you know, he has a way he wants things done and he's going to make sure the players do it that way. It's good to see, but it's not good to see the day before a game. Well, again, you know, agree to disagree on that. I think, I think that's Because they can practice much longer after. It's not a day game day. I think it's fine. These guys are pros. Okay. He also mentioned Rocky Thompson did some video work on scoring chances and creating more opportunities for that, which I think is a good thing. That's good. Just to just take a step back and really kind of examine uh, how you kind of create more chances that are going to be quality chances. Because mm-hmm. I think they've struggled with that a little bit in terms of the goal scoring. Yeah, no question. I think anytime you can point that out, it's great. Um, you you are still going to have to finish. So like someone like Owen Tippett still going to have to finish. So, you know, I you don't want to be the team that leads the, the league in expected goals. Because, you know, expected goals is good when you're hoping your team is going to cash in eventually they don't ever don't ever cash in then you don't want to be the team leading in that stat yeah all right we had a trade and at at the ahl level we learned that the flyers traded cooper zek for evan barrett and so we're going to learn a little bit more about barrett coming up after we talk about our friends at bet online BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Find all your latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. The season is in full swing, and so is Locked On's Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So follow Game to Game on the Locked On NHL channel. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Russ, I uh, mentioned before the break that we acquired Evan Barrett from the Chicago Blackhawks for defenseman Cooper Zek. As far as losing Cooper Zek, I I think that I'm disappointed in the sense that I felt like he was on a good development path, but it was definitely a longer one. Oh, yeah. And so, so, uh, and in terms of the depth, he definitely wasn't close. So, I certainly understand using him as the asset to trade and not too broken up about it. Wish him well. But uh, I think if you're going to trade somebody away at that level, Cooper Zek is as good as anybody. Right. I, I agree. I mean, you know, at, at, at this level, uh, the plight of the five foot nine defenseman is a tough one. There's very few yeah. of them. And so I, I think it's a good trade because 
he was blocked by a lot of guys. Uh, Chicago probably needs depth at that position. And, you know, Fletcher went for a local guy, you know, a suburban Philly guy. He um, he played in the All-American Prospects game here. I remember covering it. And he looked really good in that game. He looked really good in, in Penn State. The issue with Evan Barrett is he has not gotten any faster. So he's another one of those guys that has the tools and can play defense, can play power play, can get you some points on the board. He's smart, but he has trouble getting from A to B. He's chugging. And and that's an issue if you're going to call him up. Now, if you're just using him for Lehigh, hey, great. You got an extra center down there, and, and that's good. That can never be a bad thing. But I think Fletcher's looking at, you know, trying to create center depth here, and I'm not sure it's going to turn into much at the NHL level for that. Yeah, I've, I feel like this trade was a little bit uh, 50-50 in terms of helping out Chicago and doing something to supplement Lehigh Valley because Chicago made uh, several deals yeah. over the last couple of days, really just kind of cleaning house at the low-end prospect level. I think they were just trying to kind of clear out some of the stuff that Bowman had done for mm-hmm. the Bucks, uh, with the new regime, they're just wanting to kind of get a fresher start. And this is part of that. And Fletcher said, sure, I'll, I'll make a trade with you. I got some defenseman depth that I can spare. So um, it's maybe doing them a favor that they can cash in on later. But uh, I think with, with Barrett, uh, he was drafted by the Blackhawks in 2017 in the third round. So you know, I think there's a certain level of expectation, but it's a risk, right? Yeah. In terms of actually making it to the NHL. And you're right. I mean, he was really prolific uh, earlier, you know, especially when he was with the national team. Yep. And in his time there, you know, he was on the DP in the USHL. Um, he was on the team that won the gold at the 2017 World Juniors, and uh, then also won a silver it in 2019. So he has had time with elite players and right. knows kind of knows what it takes, but just hasn't really panned out in Chicago. And uh, Rockford has is an elite team in the AHL, and so it may just be difficult to you know get a crack there. And he just needed a change of scenery. I mean, I think that's the, you know, the best hope, but uh, knowing him and then watching new video of him, I mean, he, he was getting chances. He, two years ago, he was flat out bad. And then last year had a nice little resurgence. So if, if he, if they felt like, again, you have to look at it this way too. This is the Chicago Blackhawks. If they felt like black, if he could ever play at the NHL level, they'd hold on to him because Eventually, they're going to be losing Jonathan Taves and or Patrick Kane and would need a guy to fill in at the NHL level. So they didn't feel like he could do it. And I think it's a long shot that he can. So with him being a slower guy right now, do you think that Lehigh Valley will be a good place for him to improve on that? Or is is that the wrong system for him? No, I think it's okay because, you know, in – in Rockford, he was fine. I mean, again, he would get power play time. He definitely could score. He's smart. Uh, he, you know, he gets involved in plays. He's a pretty good playmaker. But 
if he was pinned in the offensive zone, he had to sort of get back. That was one thing. And if he was also trying to, you know, catch up to the play sometimes, that was another. If it's if it's a half court game, you know, if they're like if they've got the puck in the end and he goes in there and he's just, you know, got to basically maneuver it around for either a power play or extended zone time, he could do that easy. Like that's that's his game. But it's the right. other things that is going to make it harder for him or challenging for him. So, you know, the, he, I don't know if he could do that in season unless they find something with him and say, hey, um, you could do yourself a favor by doing this. So, you, you know, you hope maybe that that's the case. Scoring has been a bit of a struggle in Lehigh Valley over yeah. the last year, year and a half. And even to start the season, you know, they've had some good spurts, but then some dry stretches as well uh barrett had 42 points in 92 games with rockford over three seasons so it's a decent rate of, mm-hmm. of getting points on the board and so maybe he can help contribute there i, I certainly hope uh he finds some success with the fans no i think the fans will like him because he's local and and i think they'll also see that he you know he's a pretty good player but you know there's a limit that's all yeah, the local thing should be fun, actually. He'll be able yeah. to have friends and family come to games yeah. all the time, and maybe he'll get a fan squad maybe. as well. Yeah. But yeah, I always like to have, you know, local kids on the local teams and, you know, especially a Penn State alum. That program has gotten really good over the last, you know, five seven years and well they started by poaching princeton and getting guy godot who was a terrific coach that was a a good start to it and they got five billion dollars put into the uh hockey program center yeah Yeah. so you know whatever yeah it's a good start but no they're pretty good they are pretty good team yeah so i i think that there's a lot of support for penn state men's hockey as well so uh, yeah, we'll see what Barrett can do for the Phantoms. Again, not really expecting a call up here, but I think that if he can help support the Phantoms in improving this year and working toward making the playoffs, that is a good thing. If nothing else, if you want to look at it as a positive, you know, he can maybe fill the role that Noah Cates would have filled if he was there, but won't because he'll be with the Flyers all year. Well, certainly we hope that is the case for Noah Cates. All right, we are going to wrap things up with a preview of tonight's matchup against the Florida Panthers coming up next. Russ, I was uh, being a little whiny at the top of the show, I must say, about Mm. having to play Florida again so soon. But uh, the Flyers do continue to have a little bit of a tough stretch, again, starting with playing Florida again. And since we saw them last, they lost to Tampa 3-2 to in overtime. They won versus the Islanders 3-2 to and then lost to the Blackhawks 4-3. to uh, We were just talking about the Blackhawks who were in kind of a rebuilding mode yeah. and but are somehow what won four straight, I think. So. Yeah, Alex Stalock is a good story there because he got the myocarditis and he lost at least a year of his career after COVID and he's got three wins with like a nine thirty save percentage. So I'm happy for him because he was a pretty good goalie. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. 
Unfortunately, Florida was a victim of that success, and uh, they are kind of in the beginnings of a little bit of a panic mode. And mm-hmm. part of that panic mode for Florida is they're struggling on the power play. Now, this is kind of hilarious, but they are two for 33 so far this season on the power play. Both of those power play goals were against the Flyers. So yeah, that's bizarre. Like that's a great stat. It's bizarre. It's bizarre that they're having any trouble on the power play. They really shouldn't, but they do. Um, Something else that's weird with them. And I forget which site had it, but basically said um, that Josh Mahora and, um, Radko Gudis were the number one pairing in the early part of the NHL season. They ranked them number one. Yeah. And uh, Eric Stahl has joined the team since we saw them last. I think, you know, partially because they had all those injuries and guys on LTIR. So they signed an extra body. Uh, So Eric Stahl. He's playing the part of Joe Thornton. Like they like to have a vet around. So look, you know, I hope Eric Stahl gets in there. He's a good guy. Uh, he'll be fun to watch. It's another guy. I'm sure he could still skate. The, the big thing the Flyers have to watch out for is, again, uh, Matthew Kachuk. He um, he was a problem last time. He definitely goaded some guys, and he will do it again. Uh, Barkov is always a continued problem. And I, I, I think they're not going to stay that bad on the power play forever, so the Flyers really can't keep putting them on the power play, hoping it happens that way. Um, that would be a bad thing. And I think the Flyers, you know, looking at the way their lines are now, they're at home. So Torts can shorten the bench and the 7D won't hurt as much. But you still have to roll four lines against Florida. Otherwise, they can tire you out. So it'll be interesting to see how the Flyers combat that, even at home. Yeah, I think that's going to be the most interesting part of the game with the shorter bench. And I don't think Torts will be able to afford to bench anybody on principle because. No, if he, he does it, it again, you'll just be guaranteeing a loss. I don't. So I agree with you. But does that mean he won't? I can't say that. Well, I don't think he will. But again, you know, <laughs> I could be I wrong mean, here. But. But I I don't think, given the short bench, that's something that he'll turn to in this situation. Plus, he's already just done it, and it was a kerfuffle, as they say. And so he may not want to have that kind of kerfuffle again. He may want to have some other kind. Depends how egregious who it is. You know, like... Yeah, I, I think that it's good that we have a bunch of guys who are pretty successful on the PK right mm-hmm. now. But you're right that we can't let the Panthers use this as as an opportunity to redeem their power play. And so I think that is going to be a huge part of it in terms of discipline and staying out of the box. And and that's where I look at Delorier and I look at McEwen and I say, please don't get into a fight unless it's a real important occasion to do so or it's taking somebody out of the lineup for Florida, that is going to be a good thing for the Flyers. And it's just evening out penalties that there's no instigation. There's no additional thing around it. Like you got to stay out of the box because again, you're down a guy in the roster. Yeah. No question that that's an important thing. Also, I think Florida was one of those teams that had 
uh, one or, or two two-on-ones when the Flyers had a power play. They're going to have to watch out for that. So that's like D'Angelo territory. He, he can't let that happen. I think he has to shoot more and get accurate shots on net when he is on the power play. That's a big thing. So, and again, you know, with the Flyers right now, with the 7D, it could be a benefit and it could also be a curse because, you know, if you mess around with the pairings too much, sometimes you don't get any continuity in a game either. Well, I think the good side of that is that Braun can pretty much play with anybody. Yeah. So I feel like if Braun is the linchpin of the rotation, which sounds crazy because it's Braun, but I think he does have the most experience working with the most guys on the team. So I think that could be a benefit in this rotation, you know, whatever Shaw decides to do with this line. I mean, if I'm, if I'm Shaw, what I do is I again, put Risto with Sandheim every time and let their, everything else work its way out. I would put those two together though. Yeah. Well, it's also a good, thing with Risto just coming back in, they don't have to give him as many minutes as they would have otherwise, that they can right. use him sparingly maybe as that sort of seventh D in this game. I don't think it's going to last long. I'll be honest. Well, I think for this, for this one game, they may end up having to do it and just kind of reduce his minutes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's possible uh, either way. It's good that they have him back. I know there is going to be a negative side to this, and that is if the Flyers lose and Ristolainen's there, there are going to be fans that say, see, we were better off without him. And, you know, I don't believe that for a minute. Well, I guess we shall see tonight when the Flyers play Florida. I mentioned the throwback Thursday at the top of the show, and that is our Flyers fun thing. Uh, they are giving out a print to people who attend the game. It looks really cool. I love it. I wish they had credited the artist in the social media post about it because I would like to say nice things about the artist. But, uh, you know, you got some Fred Shiro going on. You've got Ed Snyder in the pick. You've got Bobby Clark, all sorts of guys highlighted. Uh, a picture of the Spectrum is in there and Sign Guy is even part of it. So oh, Sign that. Guy's in there. Let's see. My my internet's spinning a minute here, but yeah, it's nice. I mean, you got the goalposts for Bobby Clark. That's good. I like it. Uh, I like the fact that the Spectrum's in there. I was there when they tore mm -hmm. it down for that whole ceremony. I still, uh, have all, I still have the whole video and everything on that. I do. Um, that was sort of an amazing day. Yeah, this is nice. Whoever did this, uh, they did a really good job. Yeah, so kudos to you, whoever you are. Hopefully the Flyers will tell us or it's on the actual print. And one of you out there who maybe get it at the game can let us know who that is. Uh, that will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap tonight's game against the Panthers. We're going to talk a little bit about what John Tortorella had to say at a season ticket holder event this week. And we'll give a quick preview of the Flyers versus Carolina Hurricanes coming up over the weekend. 
As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day with instant reactions, big game recaps, and a take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you listen. Have a great day, everyone.